0: good morning everyone i've already spoken to some of the folks in the prayer group this morning and i recognize some of the faces and i said thanks for really sticking with the job amen it's great to have faithful folks isn't it and uh the rest of you have joined them uh, as the years have gone by thanks for being faithful as well god is good isn't he amen god's good all the time Well, this morning I want to speak to you about the challenge of the in-between. Some years ago, Joe, you mentioned my son, Gary, and uh, I was in Malvern for a few years, 23 years, and uh, my first wife used to be, uh, she was a Scottish girl, uh, and her family lived in Edinburgh. So we we used to go up together and uh, see the family there. She had uh, five sisters. So you can imagine when we got there, all the family descended. Dad used to say, I love to see them come, but you've got it. And uh, that was how it was. But one day, we'd, remember we'd done this trip many, many times. It's 329 miles. And uh, we'd just got out of a village in Malvern called Madrasfield, which is about two miles from our house. And Gary said something that I couldn't believe. Are we there yet, Dad? Are we there yet? And I said, son, you know it's 320 miles. We've only done two. And I thought, if I'm going to have this for 320-odd miles, are we there yet, Dad? There are two fixed points in in a journey. The first point is the beginning. And the first point is normally done with real enthusiasm. And the other point is when you finish. And there's wonderful relief. And I I want to ask a question this morning. I I know the ladies will be okay on this one, but the fellas, how many jobs have you started? (laughs) That answers the question, okay. And they're not yet finished. Yeah. How many enthusiasms have we had uh, that we want to do? I wanted to learn to speak Spanish. And uh, every time I go to Spain, the one thing I can order is a cup of coffee and uh, say gracias and a few more words, but I've never learned it because I've never allowed the enthusiasm to carry on. It's the in-between time. I want the result. I have the enthusiasm to start, but I don't have the dedication to follow it through. Now, I know there's a lot of people here this morning who won't identify with that one bit at all because you're the starter, you keep going, and you accomplish the task and you got the certificates to prove it. Well, this morning I want to talk about the in-between time. So there are two fixed points in the journey, the start and the finish. And the rest is the story that we would say is the history. As we look at the bundle of new life at birth, we do not know the story which is about to unfold. Uh, And it's amazing how uh, I've seen grown strapping men when they see a newborn baby, they melt, don't they? It's amazing that some of the strongest guys, powerful guys, bodybuilder guys, then they see a newborn baby, and suddenly go, "Oh, ogled in the oh, it's wonderful." Isn't it? It's nice what happens, but we don't know what the child is going to become. They are just starting a great journey. When we set out on a journey, we do not know the story which will unravel. And as we listen to the instructions from the Satnav, sometimes we land up in places that we didn't plan. And uh, they can be very, very interesting. How many of us have said in our Christian journey, are we there yet? Are we there yet? We have prayed for revival. Are we there yet? We have prayed for healing. Are we there yet? We have prayed for church growth. Are we there yet? And we have prayed for influence in the community. Are we there yet? Now, some of these you might say, yeah, we've arrived at that. It's, the journey is good. There are some that we've not arrived at yet. But this morning, I want us to consider the challenge of the in-between, the are we there yet moments. Because in our Christian life, we have them. Jesus himself had the same sort of experience when Mary challenged him about uh, they had no wine, he just says, "My time's not come." You know, it's not arrived. We're not there yet. And so he was planning and he was working, but he had to work to God's timetable. And this morning, I want you to turn in your Bibles uh, to Mark chapter four, Mark chapter four, and verses 35 to 41. And uh, it's uh, who likes uh, going in sailing boats? Anybody? All right. I know, I know we're in we're in the Midlands, aren't we? Yeah. So we go down the cut. Yeah, yeah. I've got a couple from our church that are out on the North Sea at the moment. They had a week's training last week, and they were having a week's holiday this week. We hope to see them return. Yeah. So they 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 love the sailing boats. Yeah. So I I love the terra firma, you know. But. Uh, We're going in a boat this morning, and it's Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. On the same day, when evening had come, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be? And even the wind and the sea obey him. So I want to share something this morning from that account and from other accounts in the Bible that shows that God is with us in the in-between. He's there in the in-between. The disciples in the boat we'll look at later. The large catch of fish. Do you remember that time when the disciples were out fishing and Jesus shouted from the shore, you know, what have you caught? I had a Welsh teacher, Jeff is here this morning, he's Welsh, but he wasn't the teacher. He was teaching RE uh, in the the junior school. Mr Hughes, I always remember him well. And he said, what have you caught? And the disciple shouted back, not a sausage. (laughs) And when the questions came up, he said, what did this disciple say? When Jesus said, what have you caught? And my hand was up. And I said, not a sausage, stupid boy, (laughs) he said. I said, Mr. Euse, that's what you said. But that was a paraphrase of the Bible. Uh, They caught nothing. But Jesus said, cast your net on the right side. And they cast the net out and had all these fish. It was the in-between. They did something that the Lord wanted them to do. The people who went from Egypt to the Promised Land If you read your Bible, you'll find out that God never really wanted them to go through the wilderness. He wanted them to go from Egypt to the promised land. But because they couldn't trust God, a whole generation uh, died before they went into the promised land. It was the in-between time. Joseph, who went from his home to becoming Pharaoh's deputy, it was the in-between time. And we'll mention about that this morning. And then Jairus' daughter. I don't know how you would feel if you'd gone to find Jesus. Come and heal my daughter. And suddenly Jesus is coming along to your house to heal your daughter. And he stopped in a crowd who were pushing against him. And he says, who touched me? And the disciple said, it's just paraphrasing again, okay, you're crazy. Everybody's touching you. No, someone touched me differently. And that, that woman receives strength. But I could imagine Jairus chomping at the bit, come on, Jesus. You said you've come to heal my daughter, and yet you're wasting time here healing this lady. It's the in-betweens when we want to see the results. And so first of all, this morning, I thought I'd better have a couple of points for you. The challenge of the in-between requires faith. Friends, from beginning to end of our Christian life, it's a life of faith. Hallelujah. We have some encouragements along the way, but in the end, we have to trust God. Sometimes people look at those of us who are older in the faith, and they say, oh, it's easy for you to trust God. Well, I want to tell you, if you're younger in the faith this morning, we have to apply the same faith as you do in every new circumstance. The only difference is we have a bit of a record of what God has done in our lives before. And that encourages us, but we still have to put our trust and faith in God. Amen. We still have to do that. We all walk by faith. Jesus said to these disciples, let's cross to the other side. Now notice that what Jesus said. He said, let's cross to the other side. Now Jesus, when he says something, he normally means it. So where were they going? The other side, yeah, we're going to the other side because Jesus said, That's where we're going. And uh, storms may come, but Jesus said, That's where we're going. They believed the boat was capable of doing the journey, it was watertight and strong enough to carry them. They believed in the rowers, and I call this natural trust. When you, you go on a bus, you, you believe that the guy or the lady who is driving it, He's able to drive it. You put your trust in that person who's in the driving seat, don't you? You don't just look at him and say, can you drive? (laughs) No. You know, you just cough up the money, don't you? And uh, off you go. Or if you're like me, you cough up the bus pass. That's that's what you do. I I like doing that. It's painless. It's (laughs) lovely. And there's faith that is born out of experience. Uh, in our lives. This morning you exercised faith. When you sat down. You looked at these chairs. And you thought. How many of us thought. This chair might not hold me. Uh, uh, well none of us did. We, we, just, we just sat down. And, uh, and, and just put our trust. In the chair. chair. So we, we do this uh, day by day. This natural faith. And so every time. We get into a car, every time we get on a bus, we are expressing our trust. Some people come into my car as passengers, and my driving is good for their prayer life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, isn't it great? I love it. Now, there's not many of you like this, but when our pastor came to Marsh Lane, we went to the general conference, and I was driving behind him. he never had this experience before. We pulled into the services and he said, Dave, he said, you drive really close to the back of the car. Well, if you drive close to the back, you get the wind stream and you use less petrol, you know. (laughs) But my wife, when she's in with me, you're driving too close, you're driving too close, you're driving too close, you know. She doesn't speak like that, but that's the (laughs) the message I get. Uh, And we we sometimes uh, do that. And, uh, and so I say, if you want to, your prayer life to improve, come for a ride with me. <laughs> and uh, you'll soon learn how to pray. The disciples were new to this life that Jesus had brought them into. And uh, it was amazing. You know, they were fishermen. They uh, had all sorts of jobs. But Jesus took them on a tremendous adventure. Hallelujah. Fancy ditching your fishing and going out and laying hands on people, and they're getting healed. There's something exciting about that, isn't there? But I want to tell you, friends, that following Jesus wasn't always exciting. Can I give you a promise? Now, some of you older ones, do you remember promise boxes? You're not confessing it, are you? No, <laughs> no. It's all right. I, I, I was born last century, so yeah. And uh, we used to have these promise boxes. And this is one I've never seen in the promise box. But it's in the Bible. In the world, you will have tribulation. What a wonderful promise. Jesus said, come and follow me. In the world, you'll have tribulation. Take up your cross and follow me. And then when things go wrong as Christians, we say, oh, I didn't bargain for that. <laughs> yeah. Love, joy, peace, yes, but not, none of this. But we find in the in-between, friends... Those are some of the challenges that we have. Faith is always tested. When I was a youngster, we used to sing a chorus, with Christ in the vessel, you can... ...at the storm. Yeah. Some of you have obviously been around longer than you look. (laughs) Your youth is good. But we used to have uh, benches. And uh, you, you look at your chairs today and... Decent, comfortable chairs, and we had benches. There was a piece of wood here to sit on, and there was a piece of wood back to lean against, and that was comfort in church. Hallelujah. Folks liked to stand up, you know, because it was painful sitting down. But in the Sunday school. We used to sit on these benches. Yeah, And with Christ in the vessel, we could smile at the storm and then sail in, sail in. And we'd be doing this from side to side. And the idea was to get the kids at the end of the bench onto the floor. <laughs> uh, you know. So we had real fun in, in church. And uh, my pastor, Hector Evans, he believed that you could be holy and you could be happy at the same time. Hallelujah. I'm glad he taught me that. I didn't have to be miserable to be holy. Hallelujah. Jesus attracted people. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, but I believe there was something about Jesus that attracted people to him. He wasn't a comedian. He was someone who was rounded and good and wholesome, and he had an attraction for other people. What a great declaration. It's easy to sing it, isn't it, when, with Christ in the vessel. We can smile at the storm. But uh, When the reality hits in daily life, that's the challenge. We started with enthusiasm. I love Jesus. I'll follow you, Jesus, wherever you want me to go. I'm with you. Whatever happens, I'm with you. And then, boom. And we start to be tested. Faith is always tested. When I first started work, I didn't stay there, but I went to Stuart and Lloyd's. Do you remember that old company? Stuart and Lloyd's. And I was at Hale's Owen. And they used to have like a bullet that went through an ingot and it would make seamless steel tubes. And so it would go through and then the tube would roll off and it would go to a place where it was tested to a pressure it would never know in its life. And if it broke, it went that way. If it didn't break, it went that way. And you know, God tests us hallelujah faith is tested we've all got faith but it's tested it's in the in-between times that our faith gets tested and i was probably preaching to the converted this morning because you've been through sometimes when your faith has been tested and uh, we can be like these disciples and saying jesus will you wake up don't you care Now, of course, as Christians, we wouldn't ever say to Jesus, don't you care? But we probably have. Where are you, Lord? I can't sense your presence. I can't sense that you're with me. I never bargained for this. And we have this debate with the Lord Jesus. But friends, he's always there. He's always there to help us. But sometimes we just cannot see him. And the feelings of faith are replaced by those of fear. I remember many years ago, uh, pardon me for a personal thing, but uh, my first wife, Chris, had motor neuron disease when it wasn't famous. Uh, uh, David Niven had it, and then it suddenly became... Lots of folks knew it. I'd never heard of it. And I remember the consultant saying to me, your wife has motor neuron disease. I said, what's that? So he told me what it was. I said, is there a cure? No, he said... But we can give her a vitamin B injection. And I said, what will that do? He said, that will just keep us in contact with her. So I told Chris. And, uh, but before I told Chris, I got on a telephone to a friend called Fred Weaver. And I rang him. And I said, Pastor Weaver, this is the news I've just got about Chris. And he was like a father to me. And he helped me. I just needed someone to share that burden with. And I'm so glad I did. Because he was able to pray for me, help me, and take me through. But we had many times we were asking questions. Why, Lord? One night, I was in a meeting on a Saturday evening. And uh, a gentleman was preaching. And he read the scriptures. And uh, I'd been praying for a man. I'd gone to his home that week three times to pray for him. He had cancer. And the more I prayed for him, the worse he got. You know, it's just how it was. So I was pretty discouraged. But I was sitting in this meeting and the guy read the scripture about, you know, having another go, casting the net out. And I had a little discussion with Jesus. I'm not a man of faith and power. I just had a little discussion and did a deal with God. (laughs) I'll put it no higher than that, just a deal with God. And I said to the Lord, while this guy was reading the scriptures, because I know when I'm preaching, you do other things anyway. But, uh, but uh, he, and I said, I was saying inside, now, Lord, are you saying to me, if I go and pray for Eddie again, you will heal him? And I didn't hear anything. And I said, I'll tell you what, God. This doesn't sound very biblical or faith or anything. I said, if he comes out tomorrow when I make the appeal, I'll tell him that you've healed him. Eddie never Came out to an appeal. He was that sort of guy. Never wanted to be down the front. So I preached the gospel, made the appeal. Eddie walked straight out. I was scared. (laughs) I was scared and excited at the same time. And I said, Eddie, I'm going to pray for you, but I want to tell you that God's going to clean that cancer out completely. Then he went off to see his consultant, who brought in another consultant. And the second consultant said, are you sure you've got the right man here? He's completely clear of cancer. I thought, hey, that's amazing, Lord. Now, that's never happened to me before or since. Maybe I need to do a few, a few more deals with God, you know. But I, I was utterly amazed, you know, uh, that, that that would happen. But faith is tested. Faith is tested in our lives. And if you've got faith this morning, it will be tested. Hallelujah. Faith brings revelation. Their their faith in Jesus, their trust in Jesus, brought them to the point where they saw Jesus talk to that storm. And he said, peace, be still. And evidently the Greek there means be muzzled. You know, like like a dog. And and that's a a great description. Peace, be still. And the waves just calmed. And it's the in-between time. They weren't at the other side. They were in the midst of it, and it's the in-between time. Faith also brings blessing to others. Did you notice it said there were other little boats with them? So when they were bobbing up and down in the waves, these were bobbing up and down in the waves. They were going through the same situation in their little boats as these disciples were going through. But when the storm calmed, it calmed for them as well. And I want to tell you, friends, that when you are facing storms as a Christian, the way you behave in that storm will help those around you who are not Christians. Now, we're going to face some storms. Hallelujah. Uh, Why Liz Truss and the other guy wanted to be Prime Minister beats me. You know? If I knew, we, well, we knew what the intray looked like, I would have been saying, Lord, here am I, send someone else, you know, but, uh, but there we are, that's where we are, and, and today, we're in a storm, and friends, how we react as Christians in the storm is going to have some impression on those around us who are not Christians. We have a hope We have a strength, we have a God who provides, a God who meets our need, and we have to trust God. Now, that does not mean that this morning, when you get home, there will be a Rolls Royce outside your house. Not at all. And your mortgage will be completely paid. But I believe, friends, that God will meet our need. Hallelujah. He will do that. There's a man in our church, he's quite a character, he's uh, just finishing building a house, and uh, He came home, or he rang his wife up, and remember, he's not finished building this house, and he said, I've just bought another piece of land to build another house. They haven't moved into this one yet. He's this sort of character, and their money ran out, and he was sharing with me how the Lord had uh, provided for him. He's been in films and producing films and on YouTube, and someone had pirated the stuff and they'd found them out, and they'd transferred all the money that the pirates had made to his account. On the day when there was no money in the bank to meet the need to finish the house. That's God, isn't it? But he was sweating. He was sweating. His faith was tested, and that's what happened. Faith will bring blessing to others. When Peter was restored, uh, at that time when Jesus restored him, Blessing came to others and 3,000 were saved on the day of Pentecost through a preacher that we probably wouldn't have said could be a preaching for another 10 years because he had said he didn't even know Jesus. we would have said, no, no, you've got to prove yourself. But Jesus restored him and met his need. Finally then this morning, two points this morning. Uh, I've dropped from three points to two points. Uh, It's too much to do three points, okay. (laughs) I've said about the challenge of the in-between brings revelation. If you want to know what God is like, go through some difficulties. Mm -hmm. We all know the theology. God can do this and God can do that. But I tell you, friends, an ounce of experience is worth far more than just the theology the theology is great but when you go through difficulties it helps you to grow and develop in the lord so when problems come folks don't say jesus i didn't bargain for this just say jesus what do you want to teach me through this time hallelujah now i sound very super spiritual this morning and i'm not always like that i'm like you i get into the situation. And I have to work it all through with the Lord. And I I do have little discussions with the Lord. My wife would call them arguments. But I have discussions uh, with the Lord. And I want to let you know the Lord always wins. Hallelujah. I seem to come around to his way of thinking all the time. We see things that we have never seen before when we go through difficulties. Some words and experiences are simply just that until we pass through them ourselves joseph had great dreams and you've got great dreams hallelujah isn't it great the young man shall have visions and the old man shall have dreams hallelujah well i'm a dreamer amen i've still got dreams i've still got 22 years to go before it'll probably be king william sends me a card Ah, hallelujah. I've got a dream I've got a dream and uh, that it's going to happen and Joseph had great dreams and he told his dreams to the family be unwise when you say to the rest of your family one day you lot are going to bow down to me it's not quite the best thing to say some things are best kept to yourself and let God work it out but boy look at the journey he went through Pitt Potiphar's house misjudged into prison before he finally landed up in the palace and then his brothers came to see him didn't recognize him and he said i'm joseph but don't worry don't worry what you meant as harm to me god meant it for good and god is like that friends the things that seem to be difficult and harmful to us, God can use them for the glory of his name and for the benefit of us growing in him. I'm gonna, uh, I nearly said I'm going to sing a hymn, but no, no, I won't do that, you won't do that. Janet's brother, Michael, uh, I, when uh, we were younger, we used to sing in a trio on a quartet. And uh, we were at your house, Janet, and Roger one, was playing the piano. And uh, the second verse of it was, Neighbors are kind. We love them, everyone. We get along in sweet accord. And just as we hit, we get along in sweet accord, there was a bang, 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 bang on the wall from next door. And Mike says, don't worry, it's only the neighbors. <laughs> so sometimes they become appropriate. So my singing days are behind me. I'm just like I said to a brother this morning. I've come to church to make a joyful noise. It might be in tune. It might not, but it'll be a joyful night. Here's the song then. I had many tears and sorrows. I've had many questions for tomorrow. There's been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave me blessed consolation that my trials come only to make me strong. And the chorus goes, through it all. Through it all, I've learned Notice that, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Yes, we trust in Jesus, but we have to learn to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. I've been to lots of places. I've seen a lot of faces. There's been times I felt so all alone. But in my lonely hours, yes, those precious lonely hours... Jesus lets me know that I was his own, his own. And this is a great verse. I thank God for the mountains. Mm-hmm. We like the high points, don't we? Here's another one. I thank God for the valleys. We learn more in the valleys than we do on the mountain. You can chew that over after your dinner. I thank him for the storms he brought me through. For if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that he could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God can do. And this morning, you may be at an in-between time. You started with enthusiasm on the journey. And something has come, and it's the in-between. And you're wrestling with it this morning. And you're saying like Gary, are we there yet, Lord? How much further, you know? I, I can't cope with this. But I want to tell you, friends, the Jesus that was in the boat is with you this morning. Mm. Hallelujah. He's there in the in-between times. He knows where we're going. He knows where we've come from. He saw us with our enthusiasm and he's going to get us to the other side because he said so. This morning when I went to a prayer meeting, this morning they were sharing about recalibrating uh, our lives and uh, one of the thoughts that came out was uh, fixing our eyes upon the lord and his word and this is the best thing to have an anchor in your life when you can't feel it read it when you can't see it read it let the word of god produce that faith in you because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God so if you're stuck in a storm today hallelujah you're in a good place you might not agree with me because I don't normally agree with folks who say you're in a good place <laughs> but you are it's where God can minister to you I'll finish with this I might have said I finished before but the apostle Paul said finally three times <laughs> and uh and uh I went up to Scotland with my wife, Chris, when she'd just been diagnosed with motor neuron disease. And uh, the pastor from the Edinburgh church came to see her. His name was Paul. And this is what he said to Chris. I couldn't believe it. He said, Chris, God must really have great trust in you to allow you to have motor neuron disease. And I, I just sat there. And it took me years to comprehend that because I found that she went through the storm, but her life affected others and challenged. And the week before she died, she typed with her feet the whole program for the children's work for the next year. Hallelujah. So it's amazing, isn't it? So when you're in the storm, folks, cheer up. Cheer up. God's with you, and God can get you through. And cheer up because your life will have an effect upon others. And if ever there's a time for the church to shine, it's today. It's today. So you exercise faith, and your neighbors will be saying, how are you coping with all this? Well, I have a friend. (laughs) Hallelujah. He's in high places. And his father has promised to take care of me. And to meet my need. Hallelujah. So I trust that's a little bit of help to you this morning. And I trust this week as you go around, whatever you're doing, you'll think, well, this is a nice in-between time, Lord. I'm having a tough time. But I'm glad that you're with me in it. And you're going to bring me through it. Amen. God bless you all. Thanks for listening.